You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back. Our second hour of the program from the Sydney Kings. Derek Walton Jr. will join me. So the Kings have the New Zealand Breakers as the final series gets underway next week. I wonder what the the gap in between finishing that final semi-final series and having the week or so until you get to the grand final decider, how that how much that interrupts your momentum. We'll be chatting with Derek Walton Jr. Uh, this hour. But let's start with cricket. Ian Smith has joined us on the line, former New Zealand international, of course, of hosts over there of SENZ Morning Show. Good morning to you, Smithy. Uh, Matty, good morning to you. Hey, let's start in your backyard. So I, I caught a bit of the first test New Zealand v England. I caught a bit of um, Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson going nuts with the pink ball. How does the New Zealand team bounce back for that second test starting in uh, Wellington on Friday? Well, first of all, my backyard's not looking too flash at the <laughs> moment, Matty, because I, I live in Hawke's Bay, of course. So yeah. uh, we've been uh, suffering a wee bit around here. Fortunately, I got off uh, pretty much unscathed, but uh, a lot of uh, friends and uh, people, um, particularly in the rural community, are absolutely devastated. But uh, you're right, um, life goes on, and that means a cricket test this weekend. And uh, that was a poor performance uh, by New Zealand. There's no doubt about that. They didn't react well to... Uh, like a lot of sides haven't, uh, to the way that uh, Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes are wanting England to play. Uh, they just came out of the gates. They, ma- they made a mistake, I think, right from the outset. Uh, they, you know, they asked England to, to bat first in the sun, um, you know, which was crazy. Uh, everyone knows in day-night test matches, it, you actually uh, are much better off batting when the, li- uh, when the lights aren't on uh, because the lights uh, make it a little bit more difficult. So what happened initially there, they set themselves up to bat twice uh, at night time. Uh, because of the way that the test match unfolded. Uh, they gave that advantage to uh, England, and, uh, and they never really recovered. So from that point of view, it was uh, a disappointing performance uh, over very quickly. Uh, second, uh, second innings collapse. And so they head to Wellington. Of course, the Basin Reserve is generally a, a result pitch uh, as well. It usually has a bit of grass on it. Uh, but I don't quite know um, whether New Zealand have got it within them at the moment to turn this around. Uh, one on attitude and one on abili- uh, two on ability. You make a good point about the teams that are coming up against this baseball phenomenon, right? And and there's been so much discussion about it. And all the focus, Smithy, as you know, is is on what England are doing. But you make a good point about what the opposition teams have to do to negate that because it's a real thing. It's right in front of them. So how do you, I mean, how would you approach trying to negate what England are doing? Because clearly they've got their plan and they're sticking to it. You've got to somehow counteract that. Is there a way to look at that? Oh, look, the, the, the way to look at it initially is, is if you've got a new ball in your hand, uh, you bowl those areas that get people out, um, you know, which is line and length. Um, and you've got to use a new ball to its advantage. If that does not work, then you've got to have plan B up your sleeve. Now, plan B generally is to go um, a lot more defensive uh, and sit back. I, I don't You can sit back at this England team. You've got to keep going at them because they're, they're going to give you opportunities the way they want to play. Uh, but you, you've got to be a bit um, zany, if you like, with some of your field setting um, and, and just to be a little bit more unorthodox in the way you're thinking because at the moment they're dominating everyone's thought patterns. You, you, they're not having to think too much. They're just playing this 
this cricket, this brand of cricket, which is, is it's risk-free, and, and they're having fun doing it. You've got to take the fun out of it for them. <laughs> you've, got, you've, you've got to actually uh, come up with something, I think, that suggests that they've got to do some thinking for a while. They've got to do some reacting. At the moment, they're playing proactive cricket. Everyone else around the world is playing reactive cricket. It's not working. It is absolutely not working. And I'm sure right now, even though they're going for a tough time in India, Australia will be thinking about um, you know, the ashes coming up and how they're going to counter this. Um, because at the moment, uh, the stock tried and true form of test cricket is not working. Zany risk-taking, they're the kind of words that have been attached to the shortest form of the game, to T20 form, and now it's starting to come into the conversation around test cricket. So do you think that this this continues to change the face of test cricket? We don't know how long this style of play is going to last and be successful for England, but do you think that this is a bit of a tipping point in the change of approach to test cricket? I think so. Mm. I, I spoke to Marcus Triscothic on our show Yesterday, now, uh, Australian cricket fans will rem- remember Marcus Triscothic, yep. 14 test hundreds, uh, quite a traditional uh, top-order player in his own right. He's now the batting coach uh, for England. He's had to rethink things himself. Yeah. Um, you know, rethink the way they practice in the net. He said, if you, you go to watch the Nets, uh, an English test net session, uh, you, you'd probably uh, easily mistake it for them preparing for a white ball game tomorrow instead of a test match because they are instructed and encouraged to hit the ball a long way and often. Uh, and they're practising that and then they're implementing that out there. So, I mean, that is, I think, the way um, we've got to start thinking about it because not only is it uh, successful, it's, uh, it's really entertaining, <laughs> you know? Uh, it's actually quite fun. And I guess if you're a part of the 11 that's out on the field, and particularly the bowling attack, you're on the receiving end of it, it's far from fun. Mm. Uh, but in terms of a spectacle, it's, it's mighty encouraging for Test cricket. I agree, mate. As I was switching around, so I'm sitting, you know, here at home in Sydney, the India Test is going on, and, w- and you know what you're going to get when you, you switch over. It's going to be dusty, it's going to be dour, it's going to be a hard challenge. And I love that stuff because I'm a traditionalist. But then I was switching over to watch that, the pink ball, under lights, you know, these guys having a crack. And it was entertaining. I mean, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a chip on the table in either England or New Zealand. So I just found it entertaining sport, which was interesting to watch. You mentioned plan A, plan B. When we look at what happened with Australia and the dissection of the um, sweep or not to sweep has been pretty thorough. But did you see... The fact that Australia just went with plan A, which clearly was to sweep, whether or not it was a team directive, but there was no plan B, C or D if plan A didn't work. Look, here's the thing about the sweep shot. Uh, it was one, I can tell you, being a wicketkeeper, it's a preferred option of wicketkeepers because they <laughs> like to play square of the wicket. Yes. I love the sweep shot. A lot of runs out of the sweep shot. But it's it's, it's not one you can just um, invent overnight. If, if, it's not your, if it's not your gig, if it's not your uh, strength, uh, it's it's not easy to perfect uh, right up right 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 from the you know the, the mm. get go, um, and then you, you you factor in the fact that who you're trying to sweep against and what conditions, uh, you've got to get it exactly right, uh, and so if it was a blanket plan, um, uh, it was a dangerous one. It was a really really dangerous one. I, I think Australian batsmen traditionally when they play spin are better using their feet. Um, you know, um, over the years, that's been one of their strengths, uh, getting to the pitch of the ball or trying to, and if you can't bail out uh, with a defensive shot. Uh, but the sweep shot is, um, for instance, we, we uh, played New South Wales back in 1985 
in a, a game prior to a test match uh, in Sydney, and we all got out sweeping, and we were banned. We were banned from sweeping. Now, this is a, quite an interesting story, Matty, because John Bracewell was brought into our team very late in the yeah. piece going into the Sydney test. Um, he, didn't, he wasn't part of the team meeting where Glenn Turner banned us from sweeping. He wasn't part of the team meeting. He hadn't arrived in the country. He, kept, he went in at number nine and scored 83 not out, 70 of which, 70 of which were sweeps. <laughs> Sometimes it's good not to be there at the meeting. I, I reckon for old Matthew Kuhneman, he, I don't know if he was at the meeting or not, but he decided to reverse sweep and he came in last. The blanket ban, I mean, Andrew McDonald says, oh, sorry, the blanket approach, Andrew McDonald has said, no, this wasn't an approach. So from your experience... What it, what, how does that translate? I mean, how do five or six players go out there, essentially get out in this, the same kind of shot in the same way, yet it doesn't appear to be a team directive? Does that, does that oh, marry up, Smithy? doesn't to me. It, it doesn't marry up. I mean, uh, unless the, 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 they had a batting um, meeting with the batting coach or the batting coach has separate ideas to uh, the overall coach. Um, mm. I think it's Michael DiVenuto these days. Uh, at the you know um, in terms of that, whether he got alongside them and says this is this is my answer to it. I'm not saying you have to do it, uh, but my answer to uh, uh, to taking these guys on out of the rough areas or whatever uh, is to play this way. I can't remember too much about uh, Michael DiVenuto whether he was an accomplished sweeper himself, but there are those that are and those that profit um, on those kind of pitches. But as I said before, um, if you think it's an easy plan just to adopt overnight, it isn't. Because yeah. when you play a sweep shot, as you look at the, you look at the dynamics of a cricket bat. They say play straight because you're offering more wood at the ball when you play straight. You're looking straight down the line of the of the ball uh, with your bat face. Uh, when you, uh, of course, start to sweep, uh, and then you want to roll your wrists in that, you're offering very little of the actual bat face available to hit the ball and make clean contact. That's where the risks come in. Oh, look. Oh, uh, they're clutching at straws. You know, there's no, there's no doubt about it. They're they're being beaten up badly, and they haven't got uh, the answers. It seems at the moment, so they're searching for them. And I'm not sure that they're, they're going to come up with them in time. To be honest. Final one on David Warner. Adam Collins posed an interesting one this morning to say, look, if if this is the the start of the end of Davies' Test career, um, 103 tests for Australia. He's come back to Sydney with that hairline fracture that perhaps the halfway house to jump off on would be the World Championship final, assuming that Australia end up there, which they're more than likely. So could you see that? Could you see a, a, a finale for Davy Warner in the Test Arena, what, a week before the Ashes would start? Well, there's romance in that, isn't there? I mean, it would be lovely from uh, David Warner's point of view. He's, I think he's intimated he wants to play a little bit longer than that. Uh, but, of course, you've got to be playing well to do that. You've got to be fully fit to do that. Uh, look, it would be nice to think so. It would be nice that he, he would have a, a swan song. I think it's at the Oval. It's uh, not a bad ground to, to bow out on, although I think he'd much prefer to bow out at the the SCG or somewhere a little bit closer to home. Uh, if he's not playing well enough, uh, and if someone comes up to, w- with the goods between now and the time that he becomes available again, uh, they're going to have to run with that. And, 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 you know, cricket and sport at the highest level can be quite brutal at times. There is room for romance, but the romance usually comes around success as opposed to failure. And that's uh, where David Warner is sitting at the moment and where Australia is sitting right at the moment. I don't think there's too much room for, for that kind of thing. Uh, people will demand more. Always good to chat, Smithy. Stay safe over there, mate. Cheers, Matty. Always good to catch up, mate.